Hey everyone, um, I am making this podcast slash video um, because I need to process some of my thoughts and I realize that the reason I love podcasts and the reason I love making these videos primarily, firstly, I guess maybe it's more, uh, firstly is I need it. I was a preacher for 10 years and in that process I think I learned how to process myself um, and what God is doing in my life by talking, by sharing. Um, and so, yeah, I do this for me first. Um, and I think God reminded me to just share what I learned. So that's what I'm doing. So if you want to watch it, I'm really appreciative uh, that you are here watching. I wanted to share kind of what God has been doing in my heart, my life as a father uh, recently, because man, COVID was whew, like, COVID was a trip, one that I don't think I fully even unpacked yet. Um, but uh, at least recently, because when my daughter started going back to school, um, daughters, <clears throat> uh, we've been having a lot of trouble with my oldest, uh, Eva. She's eight years old, she's in second grade. And the thing that just began happening was she would have these tantrums is the word that we, you know, we call it, but I think there's so many different kinds of tantrums. And she was really having these panic tantrums. She would just kick her legs wildly. She would say no on repeat, like no, 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 no. And like couldn't even breathe. Um, and she would run away into her room. And I think one of the things it was, it was getting to be very difficult. And thankfully my wife and I, um, we pray <laughs> and God's revealing things. And so I want to share some of that. And I think it started, um, well, first it started because, uh, man, okay, let me think. I would say let's start the story with a few weeks ago, um, during one of these panic attacks, Eva ran to her room, she shut the door. There is no lock on her bedroom door. So she shoved a chair against the door um, to block the door. And my wife, Hannah, was like, what kind of child would do this? And I very sheepishly was like, I did that. <laughs> I was like, I did that as a child. Like, I remember slamming the door shut. I think I pushed a bookcase against the door. Um, and it's funny, because I think my door actually locked as a child, and yet I did this. And so it made me realize, I think, I was like, wait, I think there's a lot of me in her. Right? It was one of those moments where you're like, oh, she's me, you know, like she is, she's doing what I did. And <clears throat> so then um, we started to pray about it and we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. Um, we prayed about other stuff. And then what happened was uh, we were taking turns praying, me and Hannah. And so it was Hannah's turn. She was praying. And then all of a sudden, I no, I interrupted her is what happened. I interrupted her in the middle of her prayer. And it wasn't like a good like, mm, amen, right? Or like totally. Uh, it was like I took over her prayer, her conversation. And in, you know, a minute or so, the Holy Spirit was like, it's not your turn. <laughs> right? God was like, it's not your turn. It's her turn. And so I was like, oh, I'm so, so sorry. I interrupted you, you know, and she felt, you know, slighted by it. But then she... You know thought about it we talked about it real quick and she was like I forgive you and then she just went on she just went on praying but for me I realized that I the moment I knew that I'd interrupted her and I'd done something wrong my whole body like 
tensed. Like my shoulders literally tensed. Like I was worried because I had rhabdo, you know, earlier um, this year, which is your muscles seize up. Um, I was literally worried that my back was about to rhabdo. And so as she's praying, she's moved on. She's let it go. I haven't. It took me a long time. I think it took me like 30 minutes to even just begin to relax. And it, I don't think I fully even relaxed until the next morning. And I realized in that moment, and I was sharing with her that I think my daughter is like that. I think Eva is like that. I think she's holding on to this tension and because she feels like she has to be perfect at school, she has to be perfect for us, she has to be perfect for her friends. And so every time she makes a little mistake, her whole body tenses. And kind of that gut reflex of no, 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 no. And the kicking, it really is like my rhabdo. It's like a cramp, right? Like when you get a cramp, your muscles just tighten. And even though the thing that they need is to relax and to release, it is the hardest, most painful thing to do is to relax and to release that muscle. And she's like emotionally cramping. And I think I realized that for me, I had done that as well. I learned to do that. I used to fight with my dad all the time. And I'm realizing now that maybe I, you know, I blamed him for a lot of it in most of my life. And I'm realizing maybe, you know, I mean, it wasn't his fault, right? Like, I think the same things that are wrong with Eva were wrong with me. And maybe my dad didn't have the tools um, or the Holy Spirit's guidance to, to work these things out. But now here I am with some tools and with the Holy Spirit. I'm still struggling. I'm still struggling to help her. And for me, like, I, I just squashed it because I watched Star Wars and anger leads to the dark side of the force and I remember one day throwing a chair against the wall and almost hitting my brother and thinking that I was going to the dark side and so in the way that you know for those Star Wars films kind of proposed this very new agey way to just be free of your entanglements I think that's what I learned to do as a kid that was my way of dealing and coping um, and a part of that, and I learned with Eva last weekend, because um, she was having another panic attack, and I was trying to help her calm down. And so one of the things for me is, right, like when I am in those modes of anger, all this, all this energy flows to the front of my brain. And I'm just thinking, 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 thinking. My brain is going 10,000 miles a minute. Um, and so I was like, Eva, like feel your forehead, feel how hot it is, because my forehead is burning up, right? And she was like, she put her hand there and she was like, it's cold. And I put my hand on her forehead and I was like, oh, it is cold. And you know, in psychology or neuro, I don't know, whatever, neuroscience, you know, the brain, right? Prefrontal cortex here, brainstem back here, right? So when you're in that thinking mode, um, all this blood rushes to the front of your head and rushes away from your brainstem. So for me, like this is hot, this is cold, but for, um, Eva, this part, her neck was burning up, like so hot. And in the front of her head is cold. And I realized in that moment that um, when you think about the fight, flight, or freeze response, um, I'm a fighter. That when I get into conflict, when I get into problems, I don't physically fight, right? But my brain goes into overdrive to figure out how can I manipulate this? How can I fix this? How can I um, whatever, diffuse this? I'm in fight mode in, in sense, right? Like I'm thinking. 
Eva is in flight mode. And it's funny, I told this to Hannah, and she was like, yeah, you didn't know that? And I was like, I feel like I'm learning it for the first time. Um, because, yeah, when Eva gets panicked, she just runs. She wants to just run away. Um, and I don't understand that. And I think in so many ways, because I am a fight response kind of person, and my overthinking and my desire to fix things in that moment and be like, let's talk about it, let's talk about it now, they don't work for her because she's a flight, right? Because she's a flight kind of person. And a flight kind of person doesn't need to stop and think. You know, the antelope that runs away from the lion doesn't need to stop and think about what path they took. They just need to get to safety. I remember I spent about an hour, I think, trying to calm her down. And eventually I just, you know, I kept making it, you know, I, I, I've learned at least not to make it too much worse. The Holy Spirit's been rebuking me. Quick story for that. Um, a few, I think about maybe a week before that, oh, it was Mother's Day. The day before Mother's Day, Eva had made a card for, um, for Hannah and she had forgotten to write in the card. So but right before we go to bed, she was like, she was cleaning up and she's like, oh my gosh, I forgot to write in the card. So she starts writing. And I was getting frustrated because I was like, it's bedtime. Like, let's go to bed. And she was like, she threw a tantrum and she, I, I threw a tantrum too. I started yelling at her and then I put her in our room so that Abby could sleep. And she was like kicking all of our blankets and our pillows off the bed. And I was yelling at her. And then she said this thing because we've taught her, right? Or at least I've shared some of these things that I've been going through. She said this thing, which is, you're not making it better. You're making it worse. And she was screaming that you're making it worse. And then I slammed the door. And as I was walking from my room back to Abby's room or Abby and Eva's room, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you are making it worse. And there's this meme that I saw and COVID at some point, and God brought that meme back to my mind. And the meme was, why do we get mad at our children for doing things that we as adults do all the time? Don't be your kid's first bully. And I'm like, dang, like how many times have I forgotten to do something and had to stay up late to make that deadline or had to, you know, figure out because we forget like as adults we forget all the time that's why my calendar is so color coordinated because I'm I know I'm gonna forget stuff and so I walked back in and I said you're right I'm making it worse I'm sorry right and I told her and one of the great things about that was I that was the first time I think I told I really shared with her and could show her God is on your side God rebuked daddy because God is on your side because God wants you to have a great you know, family and wants me to be a better dad. And um, yeah, she calmed down. She wrote the card. We went to sleep 20 minutes later. And I was like, what was the big deal? It's still hard um, because even in this past, right? Like the, the this past example, right? Where I realized her fight or flight response. I realized I only know how to calm down in a fight response. So for an hour, I was trying to calm her down and I would successfully, you know, ease her but then I would always ramp her up too soon. I would always try to talk about it too soon. Or for me, it was so important to talk about it and to fix it. And I know that um, as a lot of dads, um, that's kind of our, sometimes our thought process is like, oh, if we don't fix this about our children, then 20 years from now, 30 years from now, they're gonna be screwed up like we are. <laughs> um, 
And so I remember tapping out, you know, I tapped out, I brought in, you know, I was like, Hannah, you got to take over. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, she laid down with Eva and in like 10 minutes, Eva was fine. And I was like, what did you do? How did you do that? Right? Like I was telling her about the whole fight or flight response. And she's like, yeah, like she literally just hugged her and that was it. <laughs> just hugged her and like, was like, let's look at Instagram together. Right? And I'm like, A, I think I realize part of why God puts mommies and daddies, right, into kids' lives is because there's different hugs, you know? There's a different hug for a mom, there's a different hug from a dad, um, and children need both. Um, and as well, like we as parents, I think we have to see what it means for us to be a team, right? That it's not just we are the same player and we just have double the power. I think to see that as a husband and a wife, especially as a father and a mother, you have different powers, right? Like one's a center, one's a point guard, um, or whatever analogy you wanna think of that in. Um, and I think for Eva then, what I realized was, oh, I haven't fully understood my fight or flight response. I think I've just been able to manage my emotions by using Jedi mind tricks on myself, right? By just saying, don't think about it, or by saying, do that, like, manipulate this situation to your favor. Um, then, yesterday, yesterday, I think I picked up my kids early because they were, Evo was still having tantrums. They had a problem with computer class, so I wanted to pick them early so they could do computer class. And I had told her the night before and the morning before, um, you know, that one of the things that we wanted to try was for her to take a nap. And maybe she's just tired. Maybe she's just tired, which, you know, I think is a legitimate um, theory. And when I picked her up from school, she was like, oh, we're going to go home. I'm going to be I'm going to play with my friend. And I was like, OK, but, you know, when are you going to take a nap? And she like lost it at school. She was like, I don't want like she and, you know, she does this thing where her body starts seizing. And I couldn't take it. I literally told her if I'm going to walk to the car, let's go to the car because I'm not going to say anything. Because if I say anything to you, I'm going to yell at you. Even the car. I was like, I put on praise music because that's the one thing that can like try to calm me down. And I was like, if I say anything, I'm going to yell at you. So I'm not going to say anything. We're going to listen to this praise music together. We're going to try. The afternoon was so hard. Hannah wasn't here. I called her and she was like, just leave her alone. And I was like, I can't. Like, I, I don't know how. Um, and then we had, you know, kind of a, we were going to do family worship. And then right before family worship, where Eva was playing Minecraft and she wanted to play Minecraft. And I'll get to this. I'll get to this. Right. But I'll explain what happened. Um, Eva wanted to play Minecraft because she had figured out that there was a server that you could go on that recreated Disney World. And she was like, Daddy, do you want to go to Disney World with me? And like, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. Right. So we log on. Um, and then she was like, I was like, oh, like, do you want me to play with you? And it's just, she said, yeah. And so I went to get my laptop so I could play with her. And then Abby was there and I was like, Abby, do you want to play too? Um, and so we're playing. And then the game is like really like, it's like Disney World, but it's massive in Minecraft. It's really cool. But the hard thing is it's really hard to find each other, right? Like, you know, it's, it's e as equally hard as it would be to find each other in Disney World. It is hard to find each other in this game. And so we're getting, I was getting frustrated with Abby and I was like, let's play something else. So we decided to play this other board game. I could kind of already tell Eva was getting, something was wrong with her, but I was exhausted. 
And so we play this board game and Abby picks the yellow player piece. And then Eva's like, I wanted to be the yellow one. And so I'm just like, it's, you know, like just let her be the yellow one this time. And she throws a fit and she runs to her room. And we try to do family worship. It's not going well, obviously. Um, Hannah takes Eva to her room. She's talking to her. I, you know, finish up praying with Abby, with Harmony. Hannah calls me in. I go in. I don't want to go in. Um, like, I don't want to be rebuked. I know I'm about to be rebuked, and I don't want to be rebuked. I know Hannah loves Jesus, and I know Jesus loves my daughter, and so I know Jesus wants to work things out in my life, and I resist it with all my... <laughs> like, like, this is where spiritual discipline is so important. The spiritual discipline of just walking into the room and shutting the hell up, right? <laughs> like, just don't say anything. Just listen. And Hannah's explained to me what she realized with what she was ta talked about with Eva is that, one she felt like we're always on Abby's side. I think it's weird because as a younger sibling, I think I always felt that my parents were on my brother's side. Maybe that's just a thing about siblings, right? Like that we always think that. But in, in I think it rebuked me because I'm like, oh, you know what? I think we are, right? Like Eva wanted to play this Disneyland game with me. It was special and I brought in Abby not thinking about what that would do to Eva. Um, even, yeah, with the, the and that's why the, the yellow piece was such a big deal, because it was like, this is my piece. This is the piece I always play with. Why do I have to give this to Abby? Why is it Abby's way? Um, and then the second thing was she told Hannah, what took you so long? Because we let her like go in there for like five minutes. And then Hannah was like, oh, shoot. like. Did you want me to come sooner? She's like, yeah, I need you to calm down. And we're like, oh. But then the thing that really struck me was she said that she feels like daddy's always mad at her. And as a dad, that is like heartbreaking to hear. Like I'm feeling it right now. And I think that she was right. Even though I wasn't mad 24-7, that somewhere in the last month or two, I had been allowing this cycle of justified anger. Hannah was trying to explain to Eva this vicious cycle of her panic, right? Which is that she thinks she made a mistake, so she panics but then she thinks her panic is a mistake, so then she panics more. And I think the flip side of that, for me, is this cycle of anger, is that I find something to be angry about, and I allow myself then to be angry about it, justifying it, and in that justification, I find more things to be angry about. And I couldn't believe or you could believe, but I didn't want to believe, right? This is the hardness of the heart and this is the power of the Holy Spirit that this is what I was doing to her. All in the name of I'm trying to teach you, all in the name of I'm trying to train you, all in the name of I love you and I have these great dreams and hopes for you and yet I am teaching you to respond the only way I know how to respond, which is squash your emotions, 
condemn and fix yourself. Try better next time. Is this how I think about God? You know, and theologically, I know it's not true, but I realize like our default sins, they run so deep. And is this one of my default sins that this is how I think about God? That I think God is looking for reasons to be upset at me. And that as long as I just perform adequately or above average, then God won't be mad at me. And in doing so, I look at these big emotions. Um, we have a friend who has, at the beginning of COVID, was discipling Eva, taking her out just once every week or so. And I reached out to her because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's going on. And she said something that Hannah's been trying to tell me for a month now, more, which is that you know, if Eva has big emotions, she has to know that that's okay. Like, it's okay to have big emotions. That sometimes she's tantruming just because she thinks big emotions are bad. And I was like, but big emotions are bad. <laughs> that was my response. And I'm like, is that what I've learned? That big emotions are bad. Because the fear and the anger and the panic were so bad, I learned to just squash them. But then it wasn't a real discerning. It was just big emotions are bad because I look at my own life now and part of the reason why I need praise so much in my life is I am not a big emotion kind of person. Like, I squash big emotions. Like, even for my wedding, which I'm glad I had great emotions for, but I can remember, like, fixating on logistics and just being like, let's just do the logistics. When I do retreats, it was the same, you know? Praise is the one powerful tool that can knock me out of that. You know, but I'm like, when is the last time I was really overjoyed about anything? Like Eva has this thing when she, when something makes her happy, like she squeals, her whole body is happy. I'm like, the last time I can remember that happening was when the Kings won the Stanley Cup, <laughs> right? Like, and I just ran around outside. And I'm like, wow, I, I think I'm doing this wrong. Um, and then one of the other things that Hannah's been trying to tell me and Eva's mentor um, was telling me was that like if these big negative emotions, she needs to feel safe. And I think combining that with the idea of her fight or flight response with her flight response, combining that with the fact that I'm realizing that she just doesn't, her, her tension doesn't drain, right? Very as quickly as Hannah's or Abby's. It drains at my speed, right? So slow. It's like a whole bucket of tension and just one pinprick. Like it is draining, but it's draining so slow. Um, combining all of that, right? And realizing that I'm lashing out at Eva because that's the way I treat myself. Because that's the way I think God treats me. I am rebuked and in the process of being corrected. And right now I think that process of correction is God showing me who he is first, right? 
showing me that he is not mad at me, that he's not looking for reasons to be mad at me. I'm hesitant to even say it, right? But hopefully theologically you understand the context. God will never be mad at me. Like, what does that mean, <laughs> right? Like, that if you are in Christ, God will never again be mad at you. He will never lash out at you in anger. He will discipline, yes. He will correct, yes. But he will not be mad at you. What is that freedom? <laughs> um, I've worshipped the last uh, two Sundays to Hillsong's album, Take Heart Again. Um, and it's this great album. It is this great album where during COVID, they kind of reimagined a lot of their hit songs and sort of arranged them for a COVID worship. And it really is a great COVID worship to just be in your home, to be with a few friends and to worship to that album. And the last song um, is this beautiful rendition of Still, mixed with peace. Um, when the oceans rise and thunders roar, I will soar with you above the storm. Father, you are king over the flood. I will be still and know you are God. God the Father, God Christ the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're not mad at me. They won't be mad at me. They'll never be mad at me. They're not looking for reasons to yell at me. And as, I real, as I'm realizing that to a deeper level, I am learning what Eva needs from me as her father, because that's what I need from my heavenly father. It's what I've received, ironically, not ironically, but what I've, I've, what I've received even from my earthly father during this past time in COVID, when I was going through hardships to be able to turn to him and say, I need you to be this rock for me. And he was. And that's what Eva needs. She doesn't need me to fix her. She doesn't need me to solve the problems. The analogy I told her this morning in the car as I was driving her to school and trying to share these things as best I could, is like if her emotions are this wave, are this hurricane, because she's like, it feels like a tornado inside of me. You know, Tornadoes are devastating to a straw house. A hurricane is devastating to a straw house. You know what a hurricane is not devastating to? A mountain. <laughs> if a hurricane hits a mountain, the mountain don't care. <laughs> right? Like, if anything, the mountain takes it. Dis like, and, and a hurricane, right? If you think about a hurricane over the Gulf of Mexico, right? is just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. It needs to hit land to dissipate. The problem with hurricanes in our human eyes is that our buildings are too fragile. Our buildings are too fragile, and therefore that's why we're afraid of hurricanes. And I asked Eva, right, like if you were in a straw hut on the beach and a hurricane was coming, would you be scared? And she's like, yeah, really, I would be super scared. And I was like, but if you were hidden in a fortress on a mountain and a hurricane came, would you be scared? And she's like, yes, but a lot less. And that's what even needs me to be, a mountain fortress, 
I don't remember what the Jehovah is, right? One of the, the names of Jehovah, right? Is the, our God is our fortress. And I think that's not just a military thing. <clears throat> it's not just a, you know, warfare, physical warfare thing. It's a spiritual, it's an emotional warfare. Even needs me to be her fortress. Even needs me to be the mountain that her waves can crash on that won't move that won't yell at her, that won't try to fix her, that just will let it crash. Um, and I need that from God. And I'm learning what that means. I'm trying to figure out my relationship with God, my fortress. And that's what, as he becomes that father for me more and more, um, that that's the father Eva needs not the fixer not the solution not the not the fighter but to be a a mountain fortress to be a mountain father um that's what i'm learning it is hard but it is also so hopeful in the midst of difficulty because i know that it's god doing this it's very clear because all of this work is coming in our prayer times. It is coming because we've had prayer times, because the Spirit is leading us. And yeah, I am processing it and I'm sharing it with you. If you're still listening, um, I wanted to add some things just for the podcast because as soon as I clicked stop, I realized I hadn't shared about um, the practicum, but um, doing that on video is hard. So uh, if you're joining us from the video, then awesome. Um, I uh, think for on the practical level, what this means for me is A, why do I need anger at all towards my daughters? Of what benefit is my anger towards them, right? Or my and and it's not just the yelling. I think there's a quiet anger that I often have, right? A vindictiveness. Uh, well, you know, like you can just be by yourself then, right? Like that's anger. Um, I, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I think I need to covenant with God to say that that anger should be rid of, right? That there's no need for that anger in my life um, with her. Um, I think physical touch, because that's one of the things that she really needs. And I'm realizing as she gets older, you know, I'm less prone to physically touching her and kissing her and hugging her, but she still really needs that. Um, I pick her up from school to get on the ground, you know, and hug her, not just hug her as this standing dad, right? But to come to her level and hug her. Um, we do this thing for them, which is, you know, we give them stars three a day if they have a good morning, a good afternoon, and a good time going to bed. And I told Eva this morning, I'm like, I think daddy needs stars, like, because daddy doesn't want to be angry. Daddy doesn't want to be mean. Um, and yeah, so for them to keep me in check, for them to keep me accountable, uh, I think is a practical step. Um, and yeah, for me to learn from others, from my wife, from others of yeah, how to be that rock when she is throwing tantrums. Um, as well, I think, um, 
And then lastly, that there are some that she needs things that are special. It was a mistake for me to invite Abby into our game. It was a mistake for me because Abby didn't need it. I just was so afraid of Abby feeling left out that I wanted to invite her in, but in doing so, I made Eva feel left out or unimportant or unspecial. And so even this morning, we talked about some of the things. I was like, Eva, this is your thing or yours and daddy's thing. She really loves sewing right now, so we're gonna sign her up for a bunch more sewing classes. Um, there's a video game we started playing. It's like, that's our game. Like, this is our game that you and me are gonna do. Um, and it's not that we won't let Abby play with us, but we're not gonna bring her in just because. If she wants, and even Abby was like, I'm fine with that. Abby was like, like yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't mind. And I'm like, oh, thank God my two children don't have the same inner healing wounds. Um, yeah, and finding those ways where Eva, like, this is yours. You are special. Um, so that's my practicum, little bonus.